BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. And what a week, you guys. What a week. And not necessarily the fun kind in Bachelor Nation. We're going to get into everything that went down with Chris Harrison and Rachel Kirkenell. Um, And my goal is to give you guys some background info and some resources to learn more about everything that went down and why it was so problematic and just what Bachelor Nation is buzzing about. But first, um, I'm excited that you guys are going to hear part of my chat with JoJo and Jordan of season 12 of The Bachelorette. I caught up with them earlier this week. They were promoting a partnership with AutoTrader, which you can find out all about on usmagazine.com. But of course, I had to ask some questions about their wedding, ask some questions about the season of The Bachelor. We got into Clarendale a little bit. And I think it was a fun chat and you guys will enjoy hearing it. I also wanted to address some other headlines in Bachelor Nation, including Peter and Kelly partying together at the Super Bowl. Um, I can't say I'm shocked. If you recall the Super Bowl of 2020 was where Peter and Kelly reconnected after the season wrapped filming and was still airing and he was going through his Hannah Ann potential Madison switch up situation um, and started talking to Kelly and reconnecting with her and they became friends again at the Super Bowl. So this year in 2021, they were both in Tampa. She was with Kelsey. He was with Blake and Jason Tardick and they were all partying together. Um, I don't think they're back together. E! News, I believe, reported that they're, quote, working on their relationship. I think that could mean a lot of things. But I think now knowing they're both going to be in New York City because Kelly is moving there shortly after Peter already moved there and they were supposed to move there together. I don't think we've seen the last of Peter and Kelly hanging out. I think it wouldn't be shocking to see them out and out in New York and maybe try to give their relationship one last shot. Um, or they could be on and off for God knows how long. Um, but I think we should keep our eye on those two. Doesn't surprise me at all. I think they probably also feel some sort of pressure, which I get into with Jojo and Jordan about pressure from the franchise to make it work because his season kind of blew up and the Kelly was like the perfect bow on it to make it worth it. Um, not that they owe us anything, but I think that that's one way to look at it. So I wonder if they do feel some sort of pressure and think about how great it would be if they did work out. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear more from them going forward. Juan Pablo, sharp left turn, went on the almost famous podcast with Ben and Ashley I to talk about Claire. Kind of random timing for Juan Pablo to be doing interviews, but I'm always all for it. He revealed that producers actually tried to get him to go on Claire's season, which I thought was interesting. He noted that 
they presented it to him in this way that Claire wanted to make amends. You know, that you're going to see the headlines. People, he, they didn't want him to like go on the show to be a contestant, which would be insane, but amazing television. Um, they framed it to him that Claire wanted to make amends. And he even acknowledged in the interview, he was like, I don't know if that's true. I have no idea if Claire said that. That's what they told me, which is interesting that Juan Pablo, you know, pointed that out and had the self-awareness to know that the show probably maybe put words in Claire's mouth there. I don't know, allegedly. Um, but he and then when he came to terms and said he actually wanted to do it, they reached out and said that Claire's already gone now. And, you know, this whole Dale Whirlwind thing already ended. So Juan Pablo missed his chance to get back on our television screens. Um, I find it ironic that then he got so upset when they used his name in all the promos and made it all like she's moving on and played that clip of their breakup because he clearly understood the narrative and almost went on the show to talk about it and bring all this up. So I don't know if I agree with his social media backlash that if he genuinely wanted to move on, he wouldn't have even entertained the idea of going to La Quinta Inn and Resort, which somehow we're still talking about, and show up and talk to Claire. So that was kind of just an interesting nugget. He talked a little bit also about his divorce and where he is now. Um, I think that was worth listening to. Um, you know, as far as Claire and Dale are concerned, they're still broken up. Dale is was also at the Super Bowl, didn't seem to have a care in the world. You know, he's kind of fought back against this narrative that he didn't take the relationship seriously and that he's not heartbroken. But as Rachel Lindsay pointed out on her interview with Us Weekly last week, which is on our YouTube channel, you know, everywhere we look, it's Dale smiling, Dale on Instagram, Dale living his life. Not saying he can't move on. Of course he can. But if he wants to not have the media make assumptions about him or have fans make assumptions about him, maybe lay low. I don't know. Live your life. Do whatever you want, Dale. Um, Claire has unfollowed Dale. He still follows her. Um, and she has posted a few cryptic quotes, including something about when someone shows you who you are, believe them. So I don't know. I think we're probably going to get some sort of sit down from Claire at some point. I would have imagined it might have been with Chris Harrison. I said before that I thought maybe Matt's finale would have some sort of Claire component just because there's been a lot of moving pieces recently. But the more I think about it and the more that everything's happened, I doubt that's going to happen. I think Matt's finale going to be very interesting to see how they play this out. We know the Women Tell All was already taped. Um, and I'm going to get into the timeline a little bit about everything that's gone down with Rachel, Chris, and the other Rachel, Rachel Lindsay and Rachel Kirkconnell, or Kirkconnell, up for debate. Um, but now my guess is that Claire is going to go on Tasha's podcast and do a thing there, clickbait with Tasha, Joe, and I think Natasha now is the permanent co-host after Hannah Ann kind of randomly stopped doing it after a few weeks. Um, I would say Claire could go on that or maybe even Bachelor Bachelor Happy Hour with Rachel and Becca, which we're going to talk about too, because I just listened to Rachel Lindsay's Higher Learning podcast with Van Lathan. You guys, there are so many Bachelor podcasts. It's kind of my second job to just listen to all of them and I do it for you. So you're welcome. But also in this situation, I would encourage you to listen to a lot of the stuff I'm going to mention yourself because I think it's important and I can only do so much in summarizing. Um, but I would prefer to amplify their voices and have you guys listen for yourself. So with all that being said, let's just get into it. Some background information, Rachel Kirkinell, who is a contestant on Matt James season of The Bachelor, 24-year-old, went to Georgia College and State University. She's a Georgia girl, a Southern girl. On Right around the time the premiere came out, which was January 4th, there was this TikTok of a girl suggesting that Rachel was racist in high school and made fun of her for liking black men. As I've said before, when random TikToks come out and these accusations, sometimes they're hard to know if they're legit or not because anyone can say anything on TikTok. 
So didn't shock me that Rachel didn't address it. But following that, there has been photos, screenshots of her liking her friends' photos, um, including photos of her friends posing in front of Confederate flags. Um, there was a photo that Rachel was in where her friends were dressed up as Native Americans for Halloween. Rachel was not, but she was in the picture, liked the picture. Um, and then the real thing that kind of blew this all up was these photos at this college party from 2018. And for my understanding, this was a party that a fraternity held, wasn't sanctioned by the school because they banned parties like this, but they do them anyway, um, at the Georgia College and State University. And it's this Old South-themed party where you dress up in antebellum-style dresses, kind of like Scarlett O'Hara vibes, and you celebrate or have a party in that kind of garb on a plantation. And, you know, whether whatever their intentions were or not, that dress and these outfits and this party does represent and associates racism and time of plantation, slavery, and the Civil War. I mean, I think that's just goes without saying. It's not just a party. It has repercussions when you are putting on that outfit and you are celebrating something on a plantation. All that being said, Rachel Kirknell had not addressed anything. Um, Matt James on February 2nd was asked by Lauren Zima, Chris Harrison's girlfriend and Entertainment Tonight correspondent, about Rachel's alleged social media activity. And this was kind of the first time Matt was point blank asked Rachel has been accused of liking things. And this was pre-plantation party photos. And Matt said, you know, the internet is kind of a dark place. Rumors are dark. We should give Rachel a chance to speak. Maybe be careful with what you assume is true or not. Um, and it's hard for him to speak on it. Hopefully Rachel has her moment. And I kind of understood what Matt was saying because, again, this was before it was photos of her in the, you know, Scarlett O'Hara costume and before it had been even longer before Rachel spoke out. There's also a lot of speculation on why it took Rachel so long, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so that was Matt's response. And I'm sure, you know, he maybe that was that was his response. Now, a week later and a week after these photos were circulating the Internet, Chris Harrison went on Extra, which Rachel Lindsay hosts now. She's a correspondent on Extra, the news program. And at the time, I thought that Chris Harrison went on Extra to talk to Rachel Lindsay specifically about Rachel Kay and this controversy because there is a 13-minute YouTube video about these two having this conversation, which I really, really, really encourage you all to watch for yourself the whole thing. Um, I think it's worth watching so you can understand the outrage and what people are talking about. That's on Extra's YouTube channel. There's also clips from that interview that are about Heather showing up and about Katie maybe being the Bachelorette. So they did talk about the episode, um, but they also put out the whole conversation in its entirety, which I think was really smart from Rachel, for Linz, um, for Rachel Lindsay, for Extra, and for everyone involved. Now on Higher Learning, Rachel Lindsay's podcast with Van Lathan of TMZ fame, former TMZ fame, she revealed that this interview was just supposed to be Chris Harrison talking about Monday's episode. She said that, you know, Chris Harrison does interviews. He was supposed to talk about Tuesday's episode, which they did. She asked one question about Rachel, which was, what are your thoughts on everything going on with Rachel and these allegations against her? And Chris Harrison kind of took it upon himself to defend Rachel in some degree, to downplay Rachel's actions, and to talk about this at length. It it was kind of – she let him go and and talk about it. Rachel Lindsay noted that there was no press people on the call, which is interesting, a little behind the scenes most of the time. When you're doing interviews with people like Matt James or Chris Harrison, there are 
press people on to not guide you. They usually don't even chime in, um, but they for time limits for you know, they can stop you if they want uh, to be aware of what was said, to call you after if there was something that maybe they need to take out. Um, this happens all the time, not just with The Bachelor, with any celebrity, with any anything like that. Um, Chris Harrison has obviously been doing this for a long time. He knows how to do press. I don't know if that's why he didn't have a press person on. I don't know if, you know, he does his own schedule to some degree. He knows Rachel Lindsay. Whatever happened, there was no press person on the call. And Rachel Lindsay said, you know, this was – he had something he wanted to say, and she let him say it. And I – you know, a lot of people are commending Rachel for how she handled the situation. I think, you know, it's no secret that she is great at her job and she was a, a good person for extra to hire. Um, and I think you should definitely listen to Rachel's entire episode of, on higher learning because she talks a lot about how and why she handled things the way she did. And it's, you know, her story to tell. And I think it was a really interesting lesson. It's like the first 30, 40 minutes of Rachel and Van Lathan's conversation and they covered a lot of ground and also played clips from the Chris Harrison interview, which again, you should all go listen to. Anyway, this all happened on Tuesday and February 9th, a week after basically these plantation photos had been out and Rachel Kirkinell had still not said anything, but Chris Harrison took to Instagram and he said, quote, to my Bachelor Nation family, I will always own a mistake when I make one. So I'm here to extend a sincere apology. I have this incredible platform to speak about love. And yesterday I took a stance on topics about which I should have been better informed. While I did not speak for Rachel Kirkinell, my intentions were simply to ask for grace and offering her the opportunity to speak on her own behalf. What I now realize I have done is cause harm by wrongly speaking in a manner that perpetuates racism. And for that, I am deeply sorry. I also apologize to my friend, Rachel Lindsay, for not listening to her better on a topic she has firsthand understanding of. And I humbly thank the members of Bachelor Nation who have reached out to me to hold me accountable. I promise to do better. Whew. So Rachel Lindsay has said that Chris Harrison has apologized to her privately as well. She read his statement, um, but she also pointed out that after this conversation that Rachel Lindsay and Chris had on Extra, Chris Harrison called her and he said, you know, I might get some flack for this, but I think that it was great that we could agree to disagree and we had this conversation. Now, since all this backlash has started from fans, from other former bachelors from people on Matt's season, which we'll get to in a second. Um, Chris released this apology. So Rachel Lindsay, you know, said, which, what is it? Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? Which, which Chris am I supposed to believe? Um, you know, I think people definitely had a problem with the way that he kept emphasizing the fact that these photos of Rachel K were taken in 2018, acting like there was a big difference between 2018 and 2021. Are we more informed in 2021? Absolutely. But was this party an insane concept in 2018? Yes. And by the way, it wasn't five years ago. It was like two and a half. Um, people were also upset with how he spoke over Rachel Lindsay, kind of tried to dominate the conversation, his tone. Again, I think you should all watch that for yourself because it was – I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest. Um, now, Bachelor Nation has spoken out a lot about this, including – the women of Matt James season who have released a statement of their own. And they said, we are the women of bachelor season 25, 25 women who identify as BIPOC black indigenous people of color were cast on this historic season that was meant to represent change. We are deeply disappointed and want to make it clear that we denounce any defense of racism. Any defense of racist behavior denies the lived and continued experiences of black indigenous people of color individuals. These experiences are not to be exploited or tokenized. 
They also shouted out Rachel Lindsay, who continues to be an advocate for grace, quote unquote, which everyone also was pointing out. Chris Harrison continued to ask for grace for Rachel. Um, just because she is speaking the loudest doesn't mean she is alone. We stand with her. We hear her and we advocate her. We advocate for change alongside her. Um, Rachel Lindsay reposted that and thanked them, said she was moved by their response. Other notable alums like Mike Johnson spoke out after the interview. He pointed out the double standard that he feels as a black man that, you know, Chris Harrison went out of his way to ask for grace for a white woman on the show. Would he have asked for that grace for a black contestant? Rachel Lindsay also pointed out, you know, it didn't feel like Rachel, Chris was having much grace for her during their interview, but he had a lot of grace for Rachel Kay. Um, you know, a lot to unpack there. And again, I encourage you to listen to Higher Learning. Um, a lot of other Bachelor alums have since spoken out. Taylor Nolan did a great Instagram live about this whole situation. Caitlin Bristow went live um, and said, you know, she's friends with a lot of the narratives of Caitlin Bristow, Ben Higgins, Sean Lowe, Nick Vile. They've all, you know, acknowledged Chris Harrison is my friend and I will hold him accountable, but his words caused harm, um, which I thought was great. Katie Morton, who's been on this podcast and who I really like from Colton season, said she's done watching the show. Um, she pointed out that Rachel Lindsay held her composure in a pretty shit position, saying that Chris Harrison was wrong and hopes she can see that it was that his interview was disappointing and maddening, pointing out that Old South theme parties reminded her of invitations she gets on um, to weddings on plantations just because it's, quote, so pretty. Quote, it's time to for people to understand, sympathize, and stop allowing racism to live and even worse, be celebrated. So that's kind of what's going on with Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay and his words. Um, I think it should be really interesting to see how Chris Harrison handles this, what happens next. I have this vision of like Monday's episode, him appearing at like in front of a black screen to talk about it. But then another part of me feels like they're not going to talk about it until there's any live component of the show. But the last part of this is Rachel Kirkinell's statement. There's been a lot of debate online about whether ABC, Warner Brothers, the show, production, whoever – whether they stopped her from addressing everything that was going on, whether she was contract her contract stopped her or whether they stopped her. I went back into the archives because the most similar situation to this that I could think of was Garrett on Becca Kufrin's season. And I found the article from beginning of uh, the end of May, which was like days after Becca's season 14 premiered. And Garrett did address the allegations against him or the proof against him that he was liking offensive Instagram posts. He apologized for it on Instagram. And then it was addressed further when he started doing interviews, because one thing we do know in their contract is they're not allowed to just do press interviews, um, again, without permission from ABC when they're under contract with the show. But Garrett did apologize right away. So that's interesting to note. And an example of that kind of proves maybe Rachel was allowed. My best guess is Rachel went to the show and wanted to work with them on this. And then maybe they advised her, didn't stop her, but advised her maybe to wait. Or maybe I'm giving Rachel, Rachel the benefit of the doubt and she just decided to wait. I don't know. Um, some of her family members have claimed on TikTok that the show stopped her. I don't know how true these alleged TikTok statements are too. It's like you see these comment sections and you go try to find them and the, the TikTok is private or the Instagram's private. And it's like, I don't know how people screenshot everything. I do my best to keep up, but it's kind of a lot. But she did break her silence on Thursday. And she said, while there have been rumors circulating, there has also been some truths that have come to light that I need to address. I hear you and I'm here to say I am wrong. 
At one point, I didn't recognize how offensive and racist my actions were, but that doesn't excuse them. My age or when it happened does not excuse anything. They are not appropriate. They are not acceptable or okay in any sense. I was ignorant, but my ignorance was racist. I am sorry to the communities and individuals that my actions harmed and offended. I am ashamed about my lack of education, but it's no one's responsibility to educate me. I am learning and I will continue to learn how to be anti-racist because it's important to speak up in the moment and not after you are called out. If you are a person who doesn't understand the offense in question, I urge you to learn from my mistakes and encourage you to use them as a teachable moment. As for my family, I love them and how they raised me to be my own individual. They have always encouraged me to have my own views, opinions, and beliefs. As I was thinking about what I wanted to say, I couldn't help but think about how sick people must be of reading these kinds of statements, how a person didn't realize the trauma their past actions would inflict on, how people didn't realize the trauma that their actions would inflict on other people. It must get get so exhausting. I want to put my energy towards preventing people from making the same offensive mistakes that I made in the first place, and I hope I can prove to do that moving forward. Racial progress and unity are impossible without white accountability, and I deserve to be held accountable for my actions. I will never grow unless I recognize what I have done wrong. I don't think one apology means that I deserve your forgiveness, but rather I hope that I can earn your forgiveness through my future actions. Rachel and Van Lathan actually heard this apology for the first time on their podcast because while they were recording, it broke. Um, Rachel and Z noted that her apology was certainly better than Chris Harrison's. But as all apologies in this last couple of years that we've learned, it's like it's, you know, the apology is important and acknowledging your mistakes are important. But what you do after is what really matters, um, which I think so far, Rachel has actually, even though, you know, the six weeks of it all and how long it took her is certainly something to remember and think about but so far Rachel has the comment section of her post on which I think is is great because a lot of people say you know when you turn off the comment section and yeah I know you're trying to prevent hate to continue being spewed but also it, it kind of closes the conversation and you're not hearing how people are responding to you Rachel Kirkinell's post is open for people to respond and she has responded to a few people who have told her that they don't necessarily accept her apology right now she acknowledged it she also took to Instagram after the apology was up for a while and said, my statement and apology is for the people of color that I offended. If you do not identify as BIPOC, then it is not your apology to accept or not. Please be respectful to those who have been affected. So that says something I think that is great and a step in the right direction. I I truly don't know how the show is going to handle this moving forward. Uh, Matt James was on Watch Robins Live last night and I was expecting it to come up, but it didn't, which makes me think it was taped before the events of Thursday, just because it was a very lighthearted, fun episode of the show, but it wasn't, it, I would assume one caller or someone would have brought this up since it was the biggest news of the day in Bachelor Nation. Oh man, but a lot. Um, Rachel also reposted the statement that the cast, Rachel Kirkinell reposted the statement that her, her co-stars wrote, um, which I thought was interesting. And I just, I mean, all signs point to Rachel winning the season. It's going to be interesting to watch the rest of the season, knowing everything we know and watching everything play out. Um, Matt James has yet to further comment on everything. We don't know if him and Rachel are still together or him and whoever are still together. We don't know how he feels about everything that's come to light, like these photos. All we know so far is that he gave that statement a few weeks ago to Entertainment Tonight saying, you know, we have to give Rachel her time to speak. Now Rachel's spoken. So we'll see what happens. There's like a petition circulating to get Chris Harrison removed as the Bachelor host. I don't know what's going to happen there. Oh, it's quite, quite the turn that it's it's sad that this season that you know is historic um, for Matt being the first Black Bachelor has kind of taken this turn 
Rachel Lindsay was asked about her plans to continue covering the show. We know she hosts Bachelor Happy Hour with Becca Kufrin, um, which is a a podcast affiliated with the series. Um, And she said point blank that she was contractually bound to some degree to keep talking about the show and doing the podcast. But after that, she's probably done. I just think the contracts of it all are so interesting and what, you know, show people are on and everything like that. So that's something to keep an eye on. There's been a lot of Bachelor people speaking out. Um, We have a full gallery on usmagazine.com. We have all these statements written out on usmagazine.com. And my goal was sort of just to give you guys the facts. I had a few people messaging me confused when they saw Chris Harrison's statement because they didn't know what he was apologizing for or what had happened. Um, But again, I encourage you to listen to Higher Learning with Rachel. I encourage you to go on YouTube and watch the extra interview and just keep listening and not be afraid to still love the show, but understand that there are and acknowledge that there are problems and things that needed to be changed. Um, Rachel Lindsay also pointed out that, you know, The Bachelor hired a diversity consultant last year when everything was going on. They obviously gave Tasha a prominent role on the show. They gave Matt the lead. Um, but it felt like Chris Harrison maybe missed something. And I really thought it was super interesting that he, you know, kind of took it upon himself to to do this interview and to go off for like 13 minutes about cancel culture and not, you know, it wasn't like a pre-planned thing. I thought maybe this was like a crisis PR management thing, but it definitely wasn't, according to Rachel Lindsay, who was there. Whew. So all of that being said, har- a sharp left turn to my interview with Jojo and Jordan, which was fun and a little bit more lighthearted. Um, it was recorded on Monday before any of this happened. We didn't talk about Rachel at all, but we did talk about Claire and Dale. We spoke about their wedding and their plans to probably have to postpone for the second or third time amid the coronavirus pandemic. And we spoke about why Rachel, uh, we spoke about why Jojo thinks Matt has been doing a great job so far on the show as the lead, which I agree with personally. So here is my chat with Jojo and Jordan. Okay. Well, you know, this question is coming. Give me the wedding update. What are we doing? Are we eloping in 2021? Are we trying to have the big wedding? What are we doing? At this point, we might have to elope. Okay. We got a little news that just happened two days ago. Yeah. So this is like, I, I feel bad because I haven't had this conversation with my parents yet. <laughs> So I'm going to have to call them So they'll read or see this. (laughs) Yeah, so they can read us weekly and find out. Um, We actually just got a call from our wedding planner. And listen, we've been super hopeful since we had a postpone last year. We pushed it out a year thinking, like, for sure that's going to be enough time. Uh, We want to have the wedding of our dreams. We don't want to have to cut people from our guest list. We want to make sure our family's there, our close friends are there. We just got a call saying our venue is still at a 10-person capacity. Including staff, actually. That cuts cuts about the entire guest list. Yeah. (laughs) So so we're like kind of in a weird situation. It's like we could roll the dice and hope that by May things will open up. But I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, And I just, I want everyone to feel, and I've said this before, safe and comfortable and excited. Be able to travel. We've already waited this long. Yeah. What's a few more months? We're going to set the record for the longest engagement in reality TV history. But, you know, we're going to have the wedding that we originally wanted to have and safely and and so everyone can be there. So And we weighed out the options. Like, do we just get married privately, have a reception later, do it? And we just kind of thought about, like, what's the point, though? Like, we already live together. Like, you know, we're – We've already waited this long. And so, listen, we have not made the decision yet. 
And I'm going to tell my mom and dad right after this. But, but I think that the percentage of us having to postpone it again is, um, is pretty high. Yeah. To when, I don't know. Uh, but we're, we're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, you mentioned what, you know, what's the rush, but you, I saw that on Instagram, we got a debate on whether the babies are a yes or a no right now on an Instagram story Q&A. What, what happened there? <laughs> this is funny. We just said this the other day. I told, we, we've always dis discussed together, like, when we get married, we're going to take a couple years and then start trying for kids. Those couple of years are now. Yeah, we're taking the couple of years now. now. Joe to the other day is like, hey, if we got to postpone this thing again, we're having babies right after and i'm not in any rush for kids but i'm just thinking like my my clock and like i want more than one kid and like so you are kind of in a rush i'm not in a rush because i think that people women can have children later totally. and like, i'm not worried about that i'm still in my young 30s my early 30s but i want more kids so it probably will start it started much quicker after the wedding if it's postponed that's my thought <laughs> got it okay so the, the wedding's gonna happen the babies are gonna happen you just gotta you know you gotta see what's gonna happen with the world first yes. yeah things might just yes. be like yeah different but yeah. But you want to you wanna wait to start popping out the kids before you get the big party. You want to have the big party, the wedding, the whole thing. Yeah, I would like, yes, we're going to be married before babies. Yes. Fair. Very yeah. fair. Okay, well, I have to ask you some Bachelor questions, of course. Are you guys watching the current season or have you bowed out? We're trying. Yes, we're just like, we're two episodes behind. <laughs> we're just we're trying. So if anything crazy happened this last week, then we might not be up on the up and up about that. Yes, but we, we are watching when we can get to it. <laughs> We don't have DPR set up in our rental right now, so we're a little behind. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, I saw pictures, JoJo, of you at this resort with Tasha, but then I heard that it's not airing. So what happened there? Yeah, <laughs> this is funny. Um, so we we went to, just like you see other contestants come down and, and help them out. Tasha and I actually came down, did the whole quarantine, um, had a date with Matt, did it, and you know you film so much stuff for this show and um, inevitably certain things have to get cut just based on how the show plays out and so we got Tasha and I got the call and we were like hey we're so sorry but like with editing and everything that's going on we're gonna have to scratch that day it just doesn't make <laughs> sense and so it totally fine we had so much fun doing it um but a lot of people have asked me about that yes we were actually there I totally forgot was it like a hologram of us <laughs> we were there it just didn't air do you have any, what the way Matt has, you know, it's hard when he's never been on the show before. Do you think that's been an advantage, a disadvantage, anything? Did you learn from him in that way? Honestly, I, I and I told Matt this too, and when we got to talk to him, I was like, how are you feeling? Because you've never done this before. This is, it's overwhelming for somebody who just came from it, let alone like getting used to everything and, and, and just being the lead is very hard. Mm -hmm. um, and awesome, like don't get me wrong, it's awesome. But he he has done, I think, just an exceptional job of like owning the fact that, yeah, I've never done this before. I think that he is a total catch after just wa meeting him and watching him. And I, I've been saying this, I think he could be one of the best bachelors we've ever had. Wow. And that's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do when you've never done it. And I just, I, I'm really happy with them selecting him, him being the bachelor and just really excited for him. He's a really good guy. Wow, those are big words. Um, yeah. <laughs> we don't know if he's engaged or happy or any of that yet, but as a successful bachelor couple, one of our only ones we have left right now, what do you say to him and his potential fiance? Do you watch the show? Do you avoid the show? Do you watch it together? What do you do? So it aired while we still weren't really allowed to be together. <laughs> so there was those couple weekends where we got together. Um, I didn't watch the show. 
but I'd never watched the show. So I watched night one because I wanted to see all that craziness. And then I just didn't. And I don't feel like it was a jealousy thing. I just, I didn't. I knew the experience. I knew what happened from my perspective. And that was, that was all I needed. Um, but it's hard not to see Twitter, see the headlines. Yeah. And so for the advice, because we struggled with this, is as much as you can, I know it's impossible in this day and age, is try to block it out and, and try to lean into your partner because you're learning about each other. You're learning how to fight. You're learning how to communicate things that you weren't able to do kind of in a, a, a fantasy land, in a bubble for lack of a better term. So I think that's the hard part to put blinders on, lean into your partner and just talk everything through. And that was our first year was so hard because we didn't have that figured out yet. We didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to fight healthy um, and be good on the other side of it. We didn't know how to block it out. So. Yeah. Just, well, and that's another thing, too, for Matt. Like, obviously, he hasn't gone through one season and gotten used to that. You know, you get so much love. Like, the people that watch the show, they are the best, most supportive, awesome people ever. But they're, obviously, everyone knows that there's a lot of critique and, and we're hate. passionate. Yeah, very, very passionate. <laughs> and so to, to not have experienced that, I think, in the capacity that the show brings out, um, and to do it for the first time with your partner, it, I think it could be a little more challenging. Um, so my advice to him would just be to expect it, know that it's coming, lean into your partner and do your best to not listen to the outside noise. Um, that, I think that that's probably the biggest one. Give us a call. We did it all wrong. We've done it right. We've done, we've done everything in between. Yeah. So we can be good advice as well. I love that. That could be its own show. Um, yeah. Well, we also have lost a few Bachelor couples, obviously, you know, Claire and Dale, our most recent one. I always ask you this, Jojo, the Bachelor group chat. Are we rallying around her? Is there talk of this? What, what's going on? You know, yeah, obviously that was like, a, it's such a tough situation. Anytime someone goes through a breakup and we are in the group chat, we all, you know, reached out to her and we just said, listen, like take whatever time that you need. We're thinking about you. And whenever you're ready or need anyone, we're all here for you. And that's kind of the how our conversations went but I haven't talked to her one-on-one -on -one since it all happened um mm -hmm. but just breakups suck like you know it's it sucks and it makes me really sad yeah it makes me sad for both of them I mean also in general with bachelor couples there's like a I would imagine some sort of pressure to stay together because the fans want you to obviously you guys are well past that I would think at this point but do you think that that plays into maybe sometimes how that all plays out totally oh I think I mean, no shame in saying it's in the very beginning of our relationship. I think that was one of the reasons why we stayed together in the beginning. Because yeah. there were so many reasons why we thought we should not be together. But we never just discussed this. But I think subconsciously for me and for him, totally. there was this pressure, not only from people that watch the show, but like our family and our friends. And like, so I think absolutely. Obviously, we're far past that. Um, so not anymore. But I think in the beginning, there is that sense of pressure. So um, but you know what? They made the decision, I think, feel like rather quickly. So obviously it was a decision that they they, they felt was the right thing to do. I, I don't know the details, so. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, I'm, I, I'm rooting for you to get your wedding one day. One of these days I get to ask you and you're going to get to tell me about it instead of just telling me about when it's going to happen. Yeah, one day. Maybe okay. a year from now. <laughs> one day. One day it'll happen. But have a great rest of your day and, you know, good luck with everything. Thanks, though. Sarah. Good seeing you. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends and come back every week as we recap Matt James season of The Bachelor.